Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing information throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we're talking cities versus small towns. I have a ridiculous and terrifying game my family used to play on us kids out in the good old country. And then Greg tells a story of yet again having an unreal celebrity encounter while being raised in the big city. Then in classic style, we debate which is better, cities or small towns. And given that we both grew up in such different environments, the struggle to win this argument is real. So let us know who wins. Today's side notes will be presented by myself, Greg, Mitch, and Rachel. Let's go. Hello. Hi, Greggy. It's me. Who? I've been wondering what you did. Remember this when you week? took singing lessons? That, that is so rude. Are you saying that? So I'm not, I'm not lost on you. I just mean like it's clear that you haven't in a long time. I'm That's joking. so shady. <laughs> Why do you always shade me so hard? It's just my natural place of happiness. I, but it is. No, uh, I'm joking. You have a beautiful voice. Well, I don't. I know that I don't have a beautiful voice. No, you actually do. And you have a beautiful voice most when you don't know I'm listening. Like, sometimes you sing, and you can sing really well at home sometimes. Wow, you've literally never said that to me. Because that's one of those weird things that, like, you know, you don't always say, but I'm saying it now. Oh, my God, In front of everyone's ears. Well, okay, but I did take singing lessons, and it was so fun. Because it's an instrument you can tune, but I stopped. But I stopped. There was a time where I would sing. What was the song? Uh, the oh no, what is it, dear Evan? Hansen. Greg right now is just fully grasping his breasts. <laughs> They're called pecs. Pecs um, so hard. Wait, what is it? The dear Evan Hansen song. So wave it. Oh, yeah, okay. waving through a window. Let's get a little yeah. taste. I learned Where to slam on the back. Okay, oh, no, I was trying to do the part. But apparently if I stuck up my tongue, I could hit the note. So it was weird. I'm Adam Lambert, okay? I'm just this This year is Adam Lambert. As if one of the best male singers of all time. Adam Lambert, Clay Aiken, two of the best singers of all time. Oh, my God. Freddie Mercury. Pumpkin Spice lost <laughs> latte basic over here. I'm oh, kidding. Uh, okay. I like the more raspy ones. What, Justin Neil Bieber? Young. Neil uh, Young. Uh, is famously an awful singer, but has a lot of heart That's and what soul. I mean. I like character. Comment Corner. 
So this comment is from Anissa, Anissa Andrews. It's at Anissa Andrews, so we know her first and last name. Wow. Um, we're so gonna it's, find you. Someone's we're gonna, gonna, find we're gonna you. literally find you, Anissa. It's hashtag Side Note Podcast at Will Watch Me PLZ. It feels off when you don't say Shiznit in the intro of the episodes. Ah! Now, crying face, crying face, crying face, crying face, crying face. We have gotten so many comments like that because we. So we actually lost the recording of the original one, or our drive died. So then we don't have that recording. Anymore. It was because I picked it up and kicked it across the room. I didn't. I don't know. I probably stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's anyways. not like it's not a soccer ball. Uh, and then so we had to re-record, and then Greg was like, uh, just like naturally. I don't know. I was like, is not it, it childish? Is it problematic? Apparently, it's not problematic. It actually just means like a really good or really bad. Yeah, I okay. I just looked it up also on Urban Dictionary, and another version came up that's shiznick, like N-I-C-K. And I was like, is that? I've never said it that way. Wait, that can't be true. Which also says, adjective, terrific, very good, the best stuff. So shiznick or shiznick, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Tomato, tomato. But if someone said shiznick to me, I'd be like, that's wrong. Like, I'd probably correct them. So will you bring it back? Yeah, we we could re-record it. We'll re-record it for you, Anissa. Anissa Andrews will do anything for you. Oh, what did we learn this week? I learned something that is very near and dear to my heart this week, but it's not emotional. It's about oh. sleep. I love sleeping so much. You know that I'm like kind of obsessed over it. And I notice if I get not enough sleep, I'm like, it's just a mess. You get lots of sleep. It's good. Yeah, because I know I need and to. And you fall asleep so, so fast. Sometimes I think you're kidding. Sometimes I think I'm narcoleptic or like, sometimes that's a sign of being like, what is it? What? Like when you fall asleep right away, it's actually a bad sign that oh. you're overexhausted. Like if you wow. you should take a little while to fall asleep, but I can fall asleep and start. It's dreaming so weird. Sometimes like I'm like, what? What did you? I'm like, wait, what did you say? And you're like snoring. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I thought you were fully talking because you were just talking to me. And anyway, it's crazy. There was a study that came out about sleep relation to exams and students, and so they give students an incentive and said, if you sleep. Eight hours a night for the five days leading up to the exam will give you extra points. What? And the students who were able to stick to that regimen, they would test them with like wristbands that were monitoring their sleep. Well, I was going to say, how, whoa. Okay. If they did it properly, they found that the people who actually slept eight hours had on average a four point higher grade, regardless of what standing they were at before. And so, they got an extra point too for doing it. Yeah, but not considering that. And yeah. the, the study didn't actually consider so it their extra points. You. Even if you were a D student or a B student or an A student, Sleeping eight hours consistently before your exam was more important than like studying wow. more. See, that is so weird because I remember I was always down to the wire with exams mm-hmm. and I would literally be like, there is a certain amount of like biochemistry information that I need. Like I need to memorize these proteins that before exams, I would like stay up I would so late. pull all-nighters. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, oh God, that was probably such a bad idea. But I wouldn't know the, but sometimes yeah. it, I don't know. There's a line too, yeah, where you're like, well, if I go to sleep, I literally don't know anything. But then it's like, no, plan ahead, you dump. Like, That's why are you part. waiting to the last minute? We both were really bad at that. Yeah. We are very like down to the But I think a people. lot of people are procrastinating until it feels desperate. But if and you want to get why, that sleep, you can't do that's that. That's why you think like, well, if I sleep, I actually am not learning. Like I'm at the point where I'm not memorizing. I'm literally starting to learn. Yeah. So I, I, get, I get the catch 22, but just know even in your daily health, your, your daily attitude, it's like associated with aggression, unhappiness, all these things. And eight hours tends to be a good estimate. Listen to your own body, obviously, but sleep Listen is to so your body. What'd you learn this week, Craig? Um, okay, so what I learned this week uh, was about how the NSF, the National Science Foundation, a bunch of scientists and science um, institutions wrote in to be like, okay, LGBT people in science are underrepresented. They need to be 
like we need to figure out ways to foster queer and LGBT people to join the science field. So the NSF, the National Science Foundation, has this annual survey where they ask people, you know, all different types of questions in order to gain an understanding of like who's actually working as scientists. Mm-hmm. And they've never asked before about sexual orientation or gender identity. So because the, a bunch of like institutions wrote in and were like, we need this information starting in 2021, that actual survey will include asking people about their sexual orientation sexual orientation and gender identity in order to have like better understanding of even how many like queer people are there even in science yeah why why do we have to wait till 2021 literally that was my question because i'm like don't you just add a question i think it's just a survey (laughs) but it's bureaucracy i guess but one of these things says was that disadvantages and disparities in stem fields similar to those experienced for other underrepresented groups such as racial and ethnic minorities and women also attribute to people of the LGBT community in science. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. And it's good to know that they're making some sort of change, which is just to literally find out how many there are. Yeah, sometimes I find it uh, like strangely weird that, okay, fine. If someone's like against us being gay, screw you, I hate you. But like, how can you just be against the collection of data? Sometimes it's like people get mad that there will even be studies on homosexual relationships or queer identities and things like that. It's like, but if you're a scientist, you should just want to know about the Yeah, world and exactly. The and it was a bunch of scientists and science institutions who literally had to like complain and write in and be like, we need this information yeah. if we're gathering it on everything else. So, and to just inspire anyone, like, of course, you should be looking at the underrepresented groups and thinking, how do we get those intelligent people in those categories to care about science and want or feel comfortable participating in the institutions of science. Exactly. So 2022 is when the results will come in. So whoop, whoop. God, we're so freaking old. They probably were like, it has to be outside of the Trump era. Otherwise, he's going to do something about it. Unless he got eight years. I want to talk about okay, it. No. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Today's episode is about big cities versus small towns. And if you don't know who's on whose side, I grew up in the big beautiful, diverse, <laughs> incredible city that is Toronto. First of all, I thought you were going to say, I, when I heard, I forgot the episode was about, and you said the big, and I was so scared what you were going to say after. But also, we'll clearly see the relationship between big cities and, and, and problems in life and how small cities are beautiful. Wait, you're talking quaint. about the debate? What yes, do you mean we're going to the, we're gonna get okay. to the debate. So, I'm going to start with my story about the big city. Ooh, the big city of Toronto. Oh, it's so big. Did you know that Toronto actually wasn't that big for a long time? I grew up in what was called East wow, York. Wow, you can say that about any city, dummy. No, I it became a mega that, city. Oh, my God. You didn't even know this because you were from where? Like like Looneyville or whatever it was called? I don't even know. <laughs> Boris, Ontario. Where are you from? Anyways. Um, uh, so... Toronto used That's to be like to any Boris's out there, by the way. <laughs> Boris Johnson. Who is that again? Someone. I have no idea. Uh, politician or something. Um, okay, so Toronto used to actually be like a bunch of different neighborhoods. So I actually grew up in what it was called East York. And so it was separate from Toronto. Toronto was more downtown. But then it became a mega city. Mel Aspen made it. I remember my dad, my parents protested. They were so upset. But now it is a huge city of, of a bunch of different neighborhoods. So I now, where I grew up is considered Toronto. So I'm claiming that I grew up in Toronto, even though I grew up in East York. And I really hope that was interesting to everyone. <laughs> we're just making the pod a little more Canadian, which I think is important. So great things about growing up in a big city. Oh, just getting on the subway with your family. Actually, I have a question for you. Did you ever remember... <laughs> A book that was like about having a teddy bear picnic on the Toronto Island. No, Rachel, <laughs> did you? Oh God. Okay, so I can't tell. Remember if this is a dream or not. I also am just gonna throw this out there. I did not use 
transit till I was probably 19. I remember the first, wasn't I with you when you went on university? Yeah. yeah. That was really fun. I remember feeling really cool. I was like, this is a subway. No, I mean, Um, even in Guelph, I hadn't used a bus other than a school bus. Yeah. You even said you like never went downtown in Guelph. That was so weird. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Anyways, there's a, I swear to God, there's a book literally about Toronto transit that I love that was like about taking your teddy bear on the subway to go like downtown to the island to have teddy bear, but they dropped the teddy bear into the subway tracks and oh, i think it's supposed so to scary. teach kids to like not Careful. jump in front of the subway but i also want people to like at me if whether or not this is made up or not because i can't remember, <laughs> remember but it. i can picture the images anyways <laughs> love the subway love the cultural institutions of the art gallery it made me so interested in contemporary art at a young age i remember my parents <laughs> took me to a gallery and i saw lsd for the first time like in a video what? and i was like this what does is that cool. mean like i just remember like when my parents would take me to the art gallery i would see like naked people and like drug use but because it was the art gallery they'd be like this but, is okay Wow. You know what I mean? It's Even though you're commentary. 11. And I'd be like, oh, interesting. LSD. True. Uh, but one of the really important things in Toronto is TIFF. What's TIFF? It's not a fight that you got in with your friend. What's TIFF, Mitch? Toronto International Film <laughs> Festival. Yeah. And it's a big deal. Hollywood comes to Toronto. Hollywood comes north for a week. And the celebs are out. And we know where they're eating. And Torontonians freak out. And they really? all get asked, how do you like Toronto? And they go, we love Toronto. And we all go, oh, my God, they love Toronto. We're mm-hmm. so excited. Um so, the first time I ever, <laughs> this is a really crazy story. The first time I ever went to the Toronto International Film Festival, I went with my friend Daniel Petrie, whose dad had two tickets to go see a movie starring Anthony Hopkins and Nicole Kidman called The Human Stain. Great actors. Actors. Yeah, great actors. Don't think the movie did that well. You know what I mean? Like, looking back, it's like, what's The Human Stain? That's actually a really weird title for a movie. <laughs> Anyways. So... I they had two tickets and they also had these like free passes that were like laminated that just said like free pass and on the back there were like the sponsors and all it really meant was that if you lined up in the rush line and you got to the front you wouldn't have to pay for a ticket you would just get in for free they were meaningless pretty much these passes that they the two adults with the tickets were like we're gonna go in you guys try these if not we'll be out in two hours essentially we were just like gonna hang around watch the red carpet hustle and bustle and i was like all right like whatever and so i took the passes they went inside and i was kind of like did i miss who like are these your parents who are the my friends dad okay, and his like, friend okay. who kind of like when we went to pick him up he had like a big house and he like seemed important so this h- helps with my narrative for what's about to happen okay. so i'm sitting there with my like again lack of prefrontal cortex i'm in about grade eight or nine i am the type of kid who was like definitely like the loud like class clownish type mm, big surprise and i'm also <laughs> getting excited by the bright lights and the red carpet like i haven't seen this and i love pop culture i'm a gay kid like it's not like i'm not into nicole Kidman. like moulin rouge is like a very like important thing in my life at the time <laughs> And I'm just like, this is wild. Like, come with me. Come with me, Daniel. I don't even know how I got the idea to do this, but I did. So I went to, like, the side. I think it was just me as a young person seeing the red carpet and being like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, on TV, you think it's going to be a bigger deal, but it's just, like, like, right over there. And everyone's just following the rules. But I'm like, let's break the rules. So I go up to a person who is, like, holding a clipboard and headphones. And I'm like, I can't get in. I literally just start being like... Uh, excuse me, I am not allowed into this movie because I'm not old enough. And they're like, what? And then because the movie hadn't been rated, even if we were to have gotten in, they would have been like, you're too young because you had uh, to be over 19 because they actually hadn't rated, decided yeah. the rating. Okay. And I think there was some inappropriate right. things that okay. like happened. I'm like, my dad is the head of Visa and he is <laughs> oh in there right God. now. 
you can look on this pass. I show the pass that on the back of it has a little visa symbol. <laughs> and I'm like, my dad is in there right now. I am alone. I am young. And I'm not being allowed in there. You need to figure this out. And Greg. She, so she starts panicking. This like, And I realize now that I'm older, like she probably was just like a random like volunteer. Or something. Or a volunteer. And yeah. this like, child is like yelling at me. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God. Um, okay, one second. I need to talk to someone who like matters or whatever. So she disappears for a bit. And I'm just like. Like, my friend is literally, like, what are you... Like, he's mortified, but also, like, kind of a quieter person that he's just letting me do this. She comes back. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't let you in. I was like, what do you mean you can't let me in? Like, I'm alone. Like, my dad's in there. He's freaking out. There's no cell phones at this time, so they don't really... Like, there's no, like... It's not like text him or whatever. They were, like, a little bit concerned. And she was like, um, honestly, like, I don't know what to do. Like, she's like, I could let you, like, back in, like, behind the red carpet. And you could, like, come and, like, see the actors and things like that. And we could, like, entertain you for a bit. And I was like... little ears are Sounds great. <laughs> like, I was like, that is fully okay. I will I'm sure my dad will be okay with that. So she like leads me in. Is that what you were expecting, or you just no? I don't. To get into I honestly video. don't know what I was expecting. I think I was like bored, knew I had two hours to kill. I was like, let's throw some shit up. Oh <laughs> like, I don't my know. God. So they let me in behind the red carpet. And I turn and like Nicole Kidman, who like I haven't really seen a celebrity, like the lights are on, is standing right in front of me, like doing an interview to someone. And I just lose my cool. I'm like, Nicole! <laughs> Nicole! And like immediately I can just see everyone and all the cameras and things like turn towards me. And I'm, oh. like, I'm like, I'm like, I just said, say I'm hot. That's no, what that's, I said to Paris Hill. Yeah, that's yeah. another story. <laughs> I was like, Nicole, they won't let me into your movie. Like, you should have made it more appropriate for kids. <laughs> and like, I was like harassing her. And she was like, oh, like, I'll remember her. She was like, oh. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> and she was like, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. And then she was like, Toronto boys are so sweet. Like, that's what she oh said. And then the guy like said something weird thing. And then the girl who had just let me in, like grabbed me and was like, I think in that moment realized I was like, like a fully a troll. Yeah. <laughs> and like pulled me off and was just like leave and I just like was on such a high I just like ran down the streets of Toronto Abbey and I do remember like before I left this guy grabbed me and he was like you're gonna be on TV in Holland <laughs> that's what he said oh and to this God. day I've like every once a year I go on YouTube and I'm like Random white kid <laughs> Holland yells at na- Nicole Kidman. Holland. Oh my gosh, you have a VPN now. You should switch to like Holland and in find the it. Net. Honestly, if anyone's out there and can find this, that would make Holland me Holland is the Netherlands, right? Yeah. Okay, no. I got really scared. <laughs> and then to end the story, which was like a big, uh, like bit of a roller coaster for me, was that I was in such a good mood because I just like yelled at Nicole Kidman. She looked me in the eye, said I was cute, or like she, she said she loved Toronto Boys, or like mm-hmm. it was enough for me. Yeah. And I was so happy. And I like, there was this like group of like bachelorette girls who were like on the streets of King Street, like doing a full bachelorette and I was like oh my god they're gonna love this and I was just like ladies oh my god guess what like I just met Nicole Kidman and they literally like the, the leader was like wow cool good for you you freak and they oh, all kind of like so they all kind of like laughed and like walked away and I immediately was like like, my, like the world came crashing down but you then were like 11 and I was they like were 11 like, that's what I was just thinking like I could have been lost it could have been anything but it really was a slap in the face of like I'm the coolest person ever yeah. to the most uncool person. I think person it goes ever. to show like by age eleven you just aren't cute anymore. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. It was like a weird prepubescent like gay seven. boy screaming yeah. at, and it was their bachelorette, <laughs> and they were drunk, and they were probably just like literally like, "What do you want from us?" But that's like, like a really mean way to behave to someone. Like, wow, cool. Like, no, it was like it was shocking. And I think my friend who actually just sat beside me the whole time observing was like, "What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you?" In so many ways. Anyways, Nicole. Yeah. If you're out there, and if for whatever reason 
I don't know if I'll ever tell her. If she's story. listening, if I, like, if I ever if meet Nicole Kidman, when you're listening to this, Nicole, just <laughs> hey know. Nicole, hey Keith, hey kids. Um, no, but yeah. Keith wasn't in the picture here. No, but I'm, Keith might listen to side note. Who knows? Maybe. Just let her know. Maybe like cute. Just let her know that I was that little kid, and I would love to know if she remembered that. But I'm sure she. Doesn't. One day, I have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna tell her to her face this story. It's gonna happen. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know when. The Toronto International Film Festival, a.k.a. TIFF, has grown to be one of the most respected film festivals across the globe. It has really added to Toronto's reputation as a cultural hub, contributing to the overall success of the city. This got us thinking, why do some cities succeed? Is it events like TIFF, a really good sports team, amazing food, or does it have more to do with structure? To answer this question, let's talk about Jane Jacobs. Jacobs, an American-Canadian author and activist who lived in both New York City and Toronto, wrote The Death and Life of Great American Cities in 1961. She identified that the death of a city comes by the elimination of pedestrian activity, for example, through highway construction or a large-scale development project. That life was created by the presence of pedestrians at all times of day. And to create pedestrian activity, she outlined four conditions that make for vibrant cities that are dynamic, safe, and humane. Number one, mixed use neighborhoods with residential, commercial, and industrial buildings all mixed in together. Number two, small blocks that promote walking. Three, a mix of old and new buildings that cater to high and low rent tenants. And number four, sufficient density to create a critical vital mass. If cities miss any one of these elements, a neighborhood could fail. Now, Jacobs existed in a very male-dominated field of urban planning in a very male-dominated era, and she didn't have a college degree or formal training, so she was often criticized by her peers. And to be fair to her peers, these ideas Jane had were not empirically tested. Until recently, the city of Seoul in Korea collected pedestrian activity through surveys at a huge scale, with an effort spanning over a decade. The researchers found that the conditions did hold up. It's true that these four things really make or break a city. And these results have been replicated in a study of six Italian cities, but this time done much more quickly using mobile phone data. Ultimately, if you want to know how a city is doing, take a look and see how many people are oot and a boot on the street. All right. I grew up in a very small town, a much different upbringing than you. How like, small? Like, I just looked it up. There is no official number because it's part of a township. So What? It's probably, in my estimation, a few hundred people. Oh, my um, God. But the township is, like, of a bunch of, like, smaller little towns together is, like, 10,000 or something like that across, like, this um, whole area. Name? What's it called? It's called Eden Mills. Okay. Um, What's its claim to fame? Nothing. There's like a you. Uh, you're his claim to fame, honey. Yes, there, I think there's like a famous lake and a windmill or something like that. But like not famous, just to like the people there. Uh, yeah, like I very different experience than you. I had never taken a city bus. I ha- I have a lot of experiences with the school bus. I think we've talked about that 
on this podcast. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. School buses. That's so weird. My bus took over an hour to get to school because we were so far out of the city and had to pick up like all the kids who like lived on in the country on farms and stuff so like that. So how early would you get up to get to school? I honestly don't remember, but probably was leaving at like six or something like that from my house. Like wow. it was very wow. early. I remember like living and because our backyard was so huge and so was our front yard. Like we had a really big property. It wasn't a farm, but it was huge. And like one time there was like a pack of coyotes like by our house and then our parents had to yell and we all had to come in and we were like so scared. What um, did your parents do? Like did they commute to work? Yes. My dad was was a pilot. Um, and so I don't Whoa. know. Whoa. Yeah. He flew. But my like, dad flies. But a commercial pilot like uh, an instructor. Okay. Uh, and so would teach people how to fly. Anyway, so I don't know why we lived there. Maybe it was also affordable. Because small towns, as we'll see in the debate, are affordable. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, like I started thinking about okay, this story that happened many, many times when we were little, and I was like, why did my parents do this? Was it because we lived in a small town and we were all just bored and there was nothing to do? Because I only had like two, literally two friends who were around my age lived there. And um, what would you would that you could run to their house or our houses uh, close one to each was, other? One was close, and one maybe was like a fifteen minute walk through like a kind of a field, a, a field, pasture, literally a field. There was it was still a town though, so there was like a little parquet, and there was like one little shop. And, and you didn't like have that. like a farm, right? Like no, no, what no, was your no. property like? It was just like a normal house, but like a big property, like a big backyard and trees. And then the house, the houses, we had like a street of maybe like. 15 houses that were very like spread out but it was still like a street you know where would I mean? you grow where would you grocery shop i have no idea nowhere in town food just appeared they probably you? have to drive to the nearest like small city as opposed to town. what is this nearest small city i think guelph oh, we ended up moving to where guelph you end after. up moving yeah. so it's like a it's like a small town near guelph correct ontario yes okay um don't stalk me and my family um <laughs> uh, but so oh my God. <laughs> you'll so be fine basically like what would happen is like when we were very young like it would usually happen at nighttime. So my mom would be like reading us a bedtime story. Okay. And then we used to have, I don't know if you have these in the city, but we were really high tech in the small town. We would have like these speakers in our house that you could like what? push a button and talk and it would like go through the house. So you could like Wait, communicate with people. What? You had an intercom? Yes. Yeah. Throughout, in your home. In every bedroom. Like so How big was your house? Not that big. I don't know why we had these. Like how many bedrooms? <laughs> like three. Three bedrooms and then the Wait, basement bedroom so as well. So physically you could have been like, mom, but instead you'd be like, mom. I guess or it was more like if mom's in the kitchen and she's like, time for dinner. Wow, mom's like, in the kitchen. Wow, wow. Why don't you just make this a little bit, a little bit more? But I guess that's <laughs> the scenario. Well, I grew up in a patriarchal uh, structure. So oh, wow. Hashtag small town. Small I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Okay. I'm just uh, telling my truth. Let me speak. Okay, Let me okay, live. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. You would mom. intercom your mom? <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, that's not important. So. We'd be like reading a bedtime story, like whether this like mom, through the intercom. No, like mom's like sitting down with us in okay. the bedroom. I have like at this time my youngest brother's not born. It's just me, my older sister, my older brother. Okay. All of a sudden, <sighs> I'm here, and what? we'd be like, oh my gosh, and my mom would be like, oh no, the evil masked man is here, and then we'd all start like screaming, and be like. Ah! We'd like run and look out the window and there'd be like a man in a trench coat with this like scary rimmed what? hat outside. And then we'd be like, oh my God, he's coming. And then we'd hear bang, 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 bang on the outside door. <laughs> and like, I think we were supposed to like my older siblings might have been old enough to know that this was like all planned. But I was like, actually thought it was a You were the man. young one who was life yeah, was being ruined like, by terrified. this. Terrified. And then, and then like he, so obviously it's my dad. Um. He'd Imagine like, <laughs> it wasn't. It was just like, oh, it's Eden Mills famous as a like, serial killer. We have to close the door. Close the door. And then we get the intercom again, and he'd be like, "I'm coming up the stairs now." And we'd all be like, "Ah, hide under the 
bed, this kind of stuff. And then he Wait, like, you come- actually thought you were about to get murdered? Yes, like your whole family was I gonna get murdered? Deep down I like kinda knew it was a game, or if I was also just like kinda terrified. And then he would like come to the bedroom door. Bang, shake, 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 bang, oh bang, 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 bang. And then suddenly it would stop. And then like my mom would be like, Okay, wait, let's go check, open the door. And then my dad would be like, What's going on? What's going on up here, you guys? Is everything okay? And we'd be like, the evil masked man was here. And he'd be like, no, what? I was I was downstairs. I didn't see anyone. Oh. And they would play this game with us, like, all the time. And I'm like, is it just because we were, like, born? Or are your parents <laughs> jokes so slash, like, like, what? Like, also, that is so, like, so you took it. Like, you had a result. If my parents did that to me and my <laughs> sister, we would cry and it would not be funny. Like, so you didn't, like, have a full meltdown. No, no, no. I, that's what I mean. I think deep down we knew we were safe. This it makes was a so much joke. sense because you always want to mess yes, with everyone. I realize it has impacted my entire life because I love scaring people, and I think it was because I wasn't traumatized. It was like a fun thing that we did. We never, it never went to the point where we actually like we never saw him come into our room. We were never like had to actually interact with him. So it this evil like, scary man was just like. Oh, like, have you talked to your parents yet? Like, have you been like, y- it was you, right, Dad? Imagine it wasn't. They're actually like, no, we don't know what. It was a really weird time. Are they time. still toying with you? Like, they're, <laughs> they refuse to admit it was them. But yeah, I just like, it's so weird. I don't know. It's LOL, that's what people do in small cities, though. You know, you got to figure out ways to have fun. Truly, it is a big part of, like, being like, your family is your friends. Like, I had a couple friends nearby, but we as a family would hang out oh, in our that's house so simple. all the time. That's so simple. But it's, <laughs> but it lo- I, I'm glad it worked for you. I'm glad it worked for you. I was actually um, at an art gallery. Yeah, exactly. Like, by yourself yeah, being reading a little a too interesting. Reading a decaf cappuccino, reading, <laughs> reading. A, reading a New Yorker, having a decaf cappuccino, that's, and just thinking about so sad. It's yeah. so sad that you did and have no. like nice bond quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh no, I did. My parents were there. Okay. Actually, <laughs> we were talking about what we just read. We were talking. This about is the, the war. debate section. Leave it. This is the end of my story. Small cities, small towns. We like to scare each other. Mitch and his family's tradition is a great example of a characteristic unique to small towns and rural communities: the tendency to create and develop folklore. Regardless of whether it's Bigfoot or Paul Bunyan, or in this case, the evil masked man, there's a reason why a majority of the tales surrounding these characters originate in small towns. Because they belong to smaller and more remote populations, small town residents have the opportunity to become more familiar with each other. In fact, a 2018 Pew Research report showed that 
folks who live in rural settings are much more likely to know most, if not all, of their neighbors. This can pave the way for more of a shared identity within these communities, which, in turn, can be celebrated, described, and expressed via the development of folklore. Now, the expression of folklore can take on many forms, including oral traditions such as tales, proverbs, and urban legends, as well as customs such as rituals, games, and ceremonies. These different forms of tradition are known as folklore artifacts. And again, the evil masked man game that Mitch and his family played is a great example of this. Similarly, the same conditions that can encourage the development of folklore can also give rise to other things. There's a reason why television shows like True Blood, Stranger Things, and Castle Rock take place in small towns. While rural folklore often serves as inspiration for these tales, it is in part the remoteness of these locales that leaves viewers with an unsettling sense of isolation and creepiness. Surrounded by dark fields and forests, miles away from your closest neighbor who is, for example, going to save you from the masked man. After the break, we will be coming back with our debate on which is better, living in a city or living in a town. Howdy, howdy, y'all. With that inflection, you might think we're American, but we are in fact Canadian. And Canada's iTunes said that Side Note Podcast was one of the top 10 podcasts of the year. This blew us away. We are so thankful for your support of this pod. It's only been out for about six months, and we are overjoyed with the success, with your engagement with it, with the fact that you guys are happy to be learning and having fun with us. All of our intentions are being met. Another thing we learned is that apparently clicking download on the podcast is what helps the algorithm. Apparently, we hear mixed things all the time. But one thing you can do to help us out is just make sure every week when you get our little pod showing up and you're like, ooh, here we go, click download because apparently it helps. And yeah, we just want to say thank you from our left and right ventricles of our hearts, pretty much the bottom of our hearts. Okay, wow. Um, Let's get back to the show. You ready? You ready? That was from Justin Timberlake's infamous album where he says, you ready? Yes. <coughs> I am ready. Shall I go first? Because I have a lot. I don't know if two minutes is enough this time around. Really? About about the importance of farming corn or something? Okay. <laughs> I didn't even need to go there, but thanks for the extra point because the agricultural industry is very important. You'd be starving without it, wouldn't you? And I know you love food, but you, you <laughs> okay. count me and let me know when I'm good to go. On your mark. Get set. Go. Debate time. Okay. Small cities and towns are the way to go. And I'm just going to list a bunch of reasons why being in a city is the wrong choice. Because number one, noise. I know Greg loves to listen to loud headphones, loud, loud, loud. He's losing his hearing. But 0.3% of an increase in loudness is linked to higher blood sugar levels. And cities are much, much louder than towns. So noise is literally bad for your health. Number two, and you know this is true, the more green you have, the better. When humans spend even a few minutes on a crowded city street, their brain is less able to retain information or control impulses. And residents of apartments with no views or, or that have view concrete or asphalt report higher levels of aggression and violence than people who live when they can see trees. Um, and that's not surprising then that crime rates are way higher in cities. In fact, they're one-third higher than they are 
in small towns. Uh, there's obviously air pollution. Toronto, when I before I moved here, was One a minute. huge problem. It just was cloudy all the time. Uh, and less pollution is linked to lower asthma rates, lung cancer, and heart disease, and an increase in allergies. Um, air pollution, on average, takes off six months of somebody's life in a normal city like Toronto. Uh, there's less psychological problems. Lower amounts of schizophrenia, uh, which is exasperated. How do you say this word? Exasperated. Uh, by urban living environments, um, you get better sleep because there's more light in the city. You don't, you get worse sleep in the city and messes up your circadian rhythms. And social jet lag of switching between weekdays and weekend schedules affects you. Better neighbors in big cities, people are more likely to exhibit the bystander effect in which they will not seconds. help other people. And the more people that aren't helping, the less likely you are to help. Whereas small cities, everyone knows everyone. Um, there's the room is literally shaking because there's construction next door. Um, small. Towns and cities are more economical. The average urban resident pays six percent more for all things like groceries, utilities, transportation, healthcare, and finally, Time. people oh, do it. Say it. People say it. are just happier. Studies in Canada have found that people in cities are much less happy than people in small towns. Wow. Okay. First of all, I want to say I know you think that my hearing is going, but Bose is making really cool hearing aids right now that are just gonna. I'm gonna slip right in like in a couple of years. A bit, yeah, my cochlea will be fine. I think that's one of the things that they're like. Once it's gone, it's gone. But no, if you Bose is it, up to something. Google really? it. Bose is up to something. And if they're not, please, please, God help me. Because Mitch is always like, "Can you hear that?" And I'm like, "No." Yeah, truly, I'll like be yelling for him, and he can't. Truly is your new thing. Eh? Well, I was going to say truly. This whole room is shaking, and I'm like, yeah. But have you noticed that you scary. say truly all the time now? I it's think like I stole it from from what? Um, uh, from Matt from Drag Las Race? Culturistas. I feel oh. like he always says it. And I picked it up like, yeah, I need to credit where credits due. Go listen to Las Culturistas. Wow, that's so funny because I've noticed truly, in the last week. I was like, truly, truly, and I'm like, yeah, truly. Maybe somebody else says it, but I think it's him. Okay, cool. Him. Credit where okay, Greg, are you okay. ready to truly. debate? The position <coughs> of cities being better than towns. Uh, am I? But you're right. The whole building is shaking from <laughs> a like condo can, being made. Can <laughs> you feel it in the podcast? Like it's hard. It's kind of hard for me right now to think it's about like, why <laughs> this would be a good thing. I'm like, are we it's all like, good? Is die? there an earthquake? Okay. okay. All right, Greg. Your time uh, starts in three, two, one. Okay, I know you brought up a lot about forests and forest bathing, but parks are, in fact, good enough, and the parks that we have here in Toronto... Where are you going? You're distracting me. He's literally leaving. Parks are good enough for us to actually have very similar stress-relieving symptoms or effects, you know what I mean? So it doesn't necessarily have to be forests. Also, parks are much more accessible for all different types of people rather than the rocky terrain that you might have in your backyard, okay? Also, (laughs) people research from the UK found out that those who lived on the coast were significantly more fit and healthy than those who lived inland. And most cities are on the coast are within 150 kilometers of water. Also, people in the cities walk a lot. I think this one is ex- extremely important. I walk all the time. People in the cities are more active. People in small towns, they drive a lot more. 66% of vehicle deaths happen on rural roads. So it's actually extremely dangerous because you're driving everywhere. Also, I've been reading recent studies about literally like the physiological issues with driving, the fact that you're in like this vessel that takes you away from the environment is really bad for the way that you see and relate to the world around you. But actually walking is so important. Being around people, talking to people, it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenon of the city and it's not only is it healthy, but it's good for your mind. 
Also, people in the city actually live longer. A study by the American Journal of Preventative Medicine found that people in cities on average live two years longer than those in small towns and rural settings. And this might have to do with the fact that when you are older, it's really important to live in cities because you need access to public transit, to getting around, to like hospitals. 30 seconds. These are the important things that you're going to need later in life. So you need to plan ahead and live in a city so that you are comfortable there. Also, with the whole driving thing, not to mention how many hours are spent traveling how many gallons of fuel that you're using when you are driving that you won't be using when you're using public transit in big cities okay also (laughs) a recent study found that the risk of injury or death is more than 20 percent higher in rural areas and that teenagers are a lot more likely to do drugs there and abuse prescription drugs okay wow she snapped back <laughs> what do you mean i got i got all i got all up an animal up and well, I, I just didn't expect you to have anything worth saying to be honest well but it's interesting because there is because i really feel like walking in public transit is so healthy like can't you not like driving everywhere is people so can bad walk in smaller no towns. they can't how would you have gotten groceries yeah but that's one way like you you're telling me transit what? is so much different than taking a car Yes. That it's so much better for your why. Yes. Your, why? Because not only are you around people and you're actually like bathing in different types of people, as I just said, which is important, and being around an environment of actually seeing all these different types of people in their lives. That's really important for what? humans. Okay, you're talking about Toronto. But not, you're not Not using... every city is diverse, so you're not always bathing in different types of people. Yes, you are. I'm not, it doesn't even matter about their diversity. They're still seeing different types Just of different people. people. Okay, I can agree and with that. also... It is way better for the environment. Driving is so bad for the environment. It's way, it's way less. I know less it's better for the environment. That's not what we said. Oh, I thought that's I, what you were trying no, to No, I was comparing you. like you were like, it's so bad to be driving for your mental health. And it is really bad. It's really interesting. There's all these studies where they actually like people get road rage. When you're in a car, you don't empathize with your environment or with people because you're in this vessel that you're controlling. And it's really interesting because people complain about transit literally every two seconds. I know, but this is like but the most common pro- thing I hear in the city is how bad the transit is. But that's anecdotal. It's true, though. Like, obviously, you, everyone complains probably about traffic when they're driving too. Mm-hmm. Humans complain, but I'm talking about what actually feels better. Public transit, walking, biking, all of these things are so healthy. And that's what you do in the city. When you're in small towns, you rely on driving. And I really think that that is detrimental in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it, you, can, you can move around that, though. And it depends on the size of your city. Like, where I grew up, where there was hundreds, of course we were driving. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't go for walks. That doesn't mean we aren't literally walking around where we live. It just means when we go to get groceries, we have to drive. So I think that's like, I'm not saying it's untrue. I'm just saying it's characterizing something in a way that may not necessarily be accurate. Okay, well, a, a study from the University of Helsinki found that families that live in cities have higher intelligence. And that of course, is, because people... You think that's true? Yes, okay. because uh, big cities host universities, and so it pulls intelligence. That's what literally happens in big cities. That's well, why I personally think that that's an amazing thing. I like to be surrounded <laughs> by the intellectual fields. I like to be surrounded by people that challenge me mentally, and I don't really know how you're going to argue that. You'd rather be in a smaller town and be less smart. Because I think that people who grow up, at least in smaller towns, value uh, family more, to be honest. I think so. And you're the one that doesn't want kids. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, but that's a different huh. desire. I, I'm saying, uh, I value my family. I'm not saying you don't value your family. I'm not going to go there. But I'm saying... Imagine the way, you were like, I value So my something I've noticed is like people who grow up in smaller towns, your family 
is everything in a way like especially when i grew up in a really small town like we didn't have a lot of friends which obviously in its own right is not a good thing um like having social outlets for your parents and for yeah the we just talked important. about that yesterday for stress friends of course friend and be friend um, and be friends. but i do think that there becomes a level like one thing i find a little sad about just western culture in general compared to some other like you know eastern asian cultures and stuff like that is that the family unit has become less important it's such a we've talked about this on the podcast before where it's like such a me culture of like going and getting what i want and becoming successful i feel like that's bred in the city lifestyle and we see across the world and like places like tokyo places like new york where people work themselves to death because that that's all that has become important and i think that kind of pushes aside this notion of like you can get a lot of satisfaction and happiness through family it can be through relationships with friends as well it doesn't just have to be your family but i think like endemic to small towns is spending time with but and then you're assuming that you live in a small town with your family like this is because a lot of people move to small towns to start their family they're away from their family you know what i mean like you're talking right now about your parents and your siblings who all live all over the place now now and they're eventually yeah. going to start their family but you're so you're talking about the family unit you choose to make with someone in a small town yeah or that you have like it doesn't a lot of people a lot of people who grow up in small cities end up staying in small cities so you're still near like your your parents or your grandparents well like, statistically it's the in the u.s for example the u.n's expecting that to plummet and that people are moving more than ever it's to inevitable. big cities i agree that's a, that might be a fact that doesn't mean that it's good In 1960, twice as many people worldwide lived in rural versus urban settings. But fast forward to today, and over half of the planet's population now lives in urban areas or cities. And this trend is expected to continue. It's estimated that by the year 2050, almost 70% of the world will live in cities. So what's driving this drastic migration? For one, urbanization has been shown to be linked to economic growth. That is, populations tend to urbanize as they get richer. According to a recent Pew Research study, almost a third of rural areas in the United States have what is known as concentrated poverty, or at least a fifth of the population is poor, as opposed to cities which show 19%. In addition, rural residents are much more likely than their urban counterparts to say that job availability is a major problem where they live. The sectors of employment that dominate rural areas like farming, logging, and mining are more and more relying on automation, which is unfortunately increasing the scarcity of jobs. When it comes to prime age workers, that's adults between the ages of 25 and 54, the level of employment has increased by 12% in cities since the year 2000, but it's decreased by 11% in rural areas during that exact same period. And this has had steep consequences on demographics as rural areas continue to skew older. 18% of rural residents are 65 and older versus 13% in cities. When you compare the two, small towns lack not only economic but academic opportunity as well. In a form of brain drain, rural areas are being robbed of intellectual capital in the form of high school graduates seeking a higher education. So not only are rural and small town populations shrinking, but they're getting older as well. Many elderly folks rely on home equity as their savings. However, a decreasing population deflates property value, and many of these older folks find themselves unable to sell their homes, effectively trapping them where they are. 
Not only that, but as rural populations shrink, governments in these areas begin to lose their tax base. This in turn can lead to budget cuts and local services may begin to suffer, whether it's infrastructure, schools, law enforcement, or community centers. These cutbacks then further drive people into cities, creating a vicious cycle. One where elderly populations end up having to settle for subpar services, including healthcare. And this is all having a dramatic effect on the political landscape. As the rural-urban divide continues to grow, folks in small-town communities feel more and more estranged and isolated, thus adding to the polarization in socio-political views. I obviously live in Toronto. I was going to say, where'd you buy your house? <laughs> like, I live here in the city. I love the city. But... But you, you would actually rather raise levels. I don't know. Okay, I'm yeah. just like I'm playing. I'm playing the role of the small town guy. Yeah, in this yeah. Debate. And I grew up and with grew it, up and there. so I feel touched by it. And I think you. I've had both experiences. But I know I, don't I think couldn't live in a small town. I, yeah, I, I think that's true of most big city people. They can't go the other way. But I think a lot of small city people can come to the city and thrive and survive. I just don't know. I don't know what that means. But I've noticed that, like, amongst the friends that I've made in the see, city who grew up yeah. here, I, d- I actually don't think they can see what handle that makes the me think is that really living in a city is better. That when you come from something else and you move to this big city and you see the experience, you stay. It's like you know what I mean. You can do both because you've had both. But I can't. I'm feeling like I can't go the other way because I'm like. I actually have so much, so much positive benefits of living in the city. I wouldn't want to give up if I Fair, went to a small but that, town. That can lead, like, I kind of briefly passed on the psychological disorders, but, like, there's way lower levels of anxiety and mood disorders. So, like, city folks have 21% Based on, like, increase. population? Yeah, based on the, the study size. Yeah, But the study wasn't just, like, there's obviously more people with mood disorders in cities because there's more people. No, it's okay. based on the rate of increase. It's an increase of 21% anxiety and 39% increase of mood disorders generally. In the same way that it was mentioning, like, it's not that because these people are moving to the city, it's, like, it's pe- there's a higher rate of schizophrenia in the city, and they think that cities actually, like, really stimulate a higher rate of symptoms in, in these people. So I think, like... Yeah, the city's great. It offers so many opportunities. There's so much to do. But that can be a mental mind trick as well. Like, it's the original version of social media where, like, now we live on the internet. And that, like, adds another level of stress because you're always seeing there's always something to be looking at. There's always something to be watching to be sharing. I feel like a city, a big city, is sort of like a micro-representation of what the internet does where there's always somewhere to be and you have to be doing your best and you're competing with so many people as opposed to just saying, like, I kind of am happy with what I have. I have the amount of money I need and I'm okay to just like live in this environment and be a little closer with friends. And I know, I think that your family, not that they're unique in this. I think lots of people in Toronto Toronto have great communities, but many people don't. A lot of friends I know have no idea who their neighbors are. We're lucky. We live in an on a street where our neighbors are fairly connected, but I think your family doesn't like, isn't necessarily super close to their neighbors because we moved many times, but in our previous neighborhood, we knew all our neighbors on our street, especially because the kids were growing up there. So it's a little easier. And we moved when I was going into university. And that is about like when you're living in a city, there's so many diverse ways to live in a city. Some that foster a lot of neighborhoods. Some, but if you think of like the downtown hustle bustle life, those people are not probably connecting in the same way in in that sort of like in a small town you know everyone if it's small enough that you literally... creeps me out i would hate <laughs> like i really that like like whenever people say like 
like that as a good thing that to me always endemically is a negative thing to think about like how what i do that day is being watched by other people it's not like being watched but that's like a stereotype that people do say it's like you know what i mean when you're in a small town like everyone knows your business the gossip which could be a good thing you're saying but also to me i'm like that would stress me out a lot like i love the idea of like being a non like anonymity in what i'm doing that day and no one being like oh it's like walking down the street so would you ever if we start a family, no, you could never to, consider. No, would you ever, as an individual, like say as a couple, me and you, before having family, would you ever entertain? Nope. And <laughs> what's the threshold? Like it just has to be Toronto. I don't know. I've okay. Cause so. Like, because here's the line, and this is why it only goes one way. People from New York don't want to live in Toronto because it's too small. It's a small city. Yeah. Like it's 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 lame. There's not enough going on. It's a boring city. But to us, like it's the best. It's the best thing we have. Right. Or. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think New York is a huge, like, there's probably some people who think that, but I think it's also such an exhausting big city. Many people, like, might come to Toronto and be like, I love this perfect Interesting how now you're fighting for small towns. I'm not fighting for a small town. I'm fighting for a city Compared that's to, really well designed yeah, but and manageable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all perspective. Okay. Because you just shifted perspectives and started fighting <laughs> for the why getting away from an exhausting what, place. What, 9 million size city to a city of 4 million? Yeah, but what you just said is, like, New York is so exhausting. It can be really no, nice. I I don't think it's exhausting. Smaller. I love New York. I would love to live in New York. I'm saying so why I would fear anyone, that. Why would anyone from New York want to come to Toronto then? Because or from London or from Tokyo. Because yeah, you're right. It would be the same defense of like a small <laughs> town. But I'm not. I I do think that those are all cities, though. I think it's still moving from a city to a city. And I think right. I don't. I personally do not think I could be happy in a small town. Okay, we just need to like a side note. What is the difference between like a city and a town? Yeah, because, what's the actual number? Because we went to university in a city, but it, to me, I'm like, would you live Guelph? in Guelph? What the heck is the difference between a city and a town? And how would you define a place like Guelph where Greg, Mitch, and I went to university? Go Gryffindor! We actually weren't called Gryffindor. (laughs) We were the Guelph Griffins, but wouldn't have that been cool? This is actually a lot harder than I would have expected. Different regions of the world have different qualifiers of what makes a settlement. And some places that define themselves as towns have more people living in them than the neighboring city. It's kind of a mess. But I did find one Greek city planner, Constantino Apollostis Doxiadis, hmm, break down a settlement hierarchy that isn't perfect, but according to him, a town is a population of 1,000 to 20,000 people. Smaller than that are isolated dwellings where there's one to five buildings or families. It would have negligible services, if any. Next is a hamlet with a population of less than 100 people, and then there is a village. The population of a village really varies, but the average population can range from hundreds to thousands. I do, however, know that it takes a village to raise Mitch Moffat. (laughs) And though Eden Mills, where Mitch grew up, is part of a township of tens of thousands on its own, there are only a couple hundred people. So if a town is less than 20,000, a large town is 20,000 to 100,000. Next is a city. According to him, a city is anywhere between 100,000 and 300,000 people. By this qualifier, Guelph would be a city. A large city is over 300,000 people, but less than a million. 
and a metropolis is anywhere between 1 and 3 million, so the city of Toronto would fall here. Next step is conurbation. I have never heard this term before, but it is a qualifier for a group of large cities and their surrounding suburbs, consisting of 3 to 10 million people. So examples of that would be like the greater Boston area or the San Francisco Bay Area. And when you consider Toronto and the surrounding municipalities, it makes up the greater Toronto area, the GTA, and that is over 6 million people. So these are all examples of conurbations. Finally, there's the megapolis or megacities. So this is a group of conurbations consisting of more than 10 million people each. There are 47 megacities. The three biggest being Tokyo, Shanghai, and Jakarta. So based on these numbers, I'm curious to know where our listeners live. Do you live in a small, cute, quiet hamlet? Or do you live in a bustling megacity? Let us know using the hashtag SciNote podcast. I lived in Guelph for a long time and didn't like so for four years, but I always it's knew it's I was going to leave. Bubble when you're in your but right now, yeah, no, I really love Toronto so much. And I have this really interesting feeling too when I travel the world. I'm like, a lot of people travel and fall in love with other cities. But I actually, when I travel, I'm like, Toronto is the best city in the world. Even when I go to these amazing cities across the world, I love them, but I still find reasons as to why. I, like, I don't know if it's just because it's like Toronto specifically is such, in my opinion, a utopia. Or if it's actually just like a big city that I know so well that I love and I could fall in love with other cities. But when I, I go to like, small towns, I do get stressed out. And I'm like, how <laughs> oh, could anyone be happy here? You know what's sad? It's really sad for you is that like, I get the best of both worlds. I have a family that lives in a small city and I live in the big city. And so I get to have both and you're not willing to do that. If you if you lived in a small city, you would have both. Well, maybe my parents, hello, if you're listening, even though I think they might just buy a condo downtown, I'm like, they could go to a small city. Then maybe you'd get access to But both. actually, that is interesting. A lot of my parents' I'm, I'm friends... I'm just a little more well-rounded. Well, no, you've chosen to live with all of your siblings. Everyone from your family has moved to Toronto. I think that that is a symbol in and of itself. Um, but my parents, a lot of their friends have moved in retiring to like smaller towns but my parents what's that mean no but that's what i mean i'm like maybe it's just me actually because my parents aren't interested in doing that i think they're more interested in like getting a condo downtown so i'm like not only was i raised in a city but i was raised in a city by parents who really taught me the benefits of it is one thing that i would like say is an attestment to them like a lot of people could live in toronto and maybe not take advantage of That's the true. things but I, I really feel like my parents ha- did and I think it helped me be like this is a great city appreciate yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm not disparaging cities like I live in one and I love that what it has to offer I agree though there's plenty of people who live in the city because it has job opportunities but they don't necessarily live in the city and the last I mean? thing I'm going to say and we can end on this and just as a final nail in the coffin for you is it's where you'll get Korean food so I don't true think, however I don't think you're going to get your Korean food however, in Guelph no, in Guelph has a Korean restaurant now one, but Thank you like you to go. Which ma'am. one tonight? Which one tonight? Which one are we going to? Limgani? Kidding? You, yes. I go to literally the same one every time. I only mix it up. But for you, you love the idea <laughs> of when we go to new ones. You love when we go to North I York. Do. Go to new ones. I'm That's just true. Saying. That is a nail in the coffin for me. I yeah. would have. To, but like, you could live an hour outside a major city and still go get. Yeah, Korea. or you could live in a small town of Korea <laughs> and you'd be fine. That's true. <laughs> I should just do that. Even though small towns in Korea are like two million people. Remember, we, we went to a small town in Korea. There was, was literally gigantic. two million people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Okay. What is every? Everyone else think I want to know what our audience like are you guys from 
I want to know people have done both. People have done both. Yeah, well, uh, here, I'm right here. No, more people have done both. <laughs> yeah, if you've done both, you kind of have a good perspective on, like, what you think each has to offer. I'm curious if you feel the same way as me, where, like, there's something so homey and kind and loving about a small city. But, yeah, that a big city has a lot to offer in terms of entertainment and culture. Uh, okay, well, so know. use the hashtag side note podcast to speak to us. You can follow us at Mitchell Moffat at, at Will Watch Me PLZ, and you'll hear from us next week. Mm. Okay. I'll see you Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.